Greetings, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Appreciate you stopping by once again today on this chapter a day journey. We're in John 12, and there were a couple different verses that resonated with me this morning that are also connected, and we'll get to that. The first are verses 20 through 21, in which it says, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, Jesus' disciple, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. And then verse 35, Jesus says, And when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Today's podcast is entitled, All People. I recently read an interview with a social scientist in the Wall Street Journal who has spent his academic career studying the blending of people groups within a culture. With the current cultural conversation around prejudice and racism, he raised some interesting facts that that I don't think anyone's talking about. So he said, leading up to World War II, ethnic groups in America pretty much kept to themselves. Italian, Irish, Dutch, German, and the like, they congregated together in a neighborhood of a city or in a small town. And prejudice and conflict between ethnicities was strong. I mean, even in the little town of Pella, Iowa, where I live, there was once a time when there was a neighborhood on the south side known as South Pella, which was predominantly Irish amidst our town of Dutch immigrants. Well, then after the war, in which different ethnicities fought together side by side and kind of gained respect for one another, people slowly began to intermarry with other ethnic groups. And ethnic prejudice is relatively non-existent today compared to what it was before World War II. The great melting pot of America blended ethnicities. Now, this same scholar says, the number of biracial couples has been rising steadily for decades. He said some 20% of our population no longer fit into the neat categories of white, black, Hispanic, or Native American because they are the offspring of biracial couples for which we have no applicable choices on the census form. With each subsequent generation, the number of mixed-race individuals will grow. Races, he believes, will melt together just as ethnicities have done. In fact, he says it's already happening, even though no one is talking about it. Now, a modern reader can scarcely understand how racial, gender, and religious prejudice were a way of life in Jesus' day. One of the things that made Jesus a radical in the eyes of the religious leaders was his intentional crossing of every social boundary. Jesus crossed both ethnic and gender lines when he spoke to the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. He then taught and performed miracles in Samaria at a time when good Jews typically went out of their way to travel around Samaria because the hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans ran so deep. Jesus' ministry among the Samaritans threatened the orthodox ethnic 
prejudice that was part of the culture of the day. Jesus healed a Roman centurion's son when Romans were the hated occupying enemy of the Jews. Jesus touched lepers. Jesus partied with tax collectors and unrighteous sinners that any good religious Jew would self-righteously avoid. Now, in today's chapter, John slips in an interesting fact. It's the last week of Jesus' earthly life, and a group of Greeks asked Jesus for an audience. Greeks were another racial group that good Jews avoided, since they regarded them as dirty, uh, inferior. Jesus, however, welcomed them, though John does not share any of the conversation he had with them. The fact that Jesus welcomed them is important to John's first century readers because the number one conflict in the early Jesus movement was the long-standing prejudice between Jews and non-Jewish Greek Gentiles, as they were called. John was addressing those who might say, well, hey, Jesus never hung out with Greek Gentiles, so why should we? John is also connecting the welcoming of the Greeks to something that Jesus says later in the chapter. He says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And in the drawing of all people, Jesus boldly sets forth his mission to bring love, salvation, and redemption to anyone who believes regardless of their DNA, their gender, their skin color, their ethnicity, their social status, their economic status, their family of origin, their tragic mistakes, or their messed up life. The Greek word that John uses for lifted up is the Greek word hypso, which has multiple definitions. It means literally lifted up as on the cross, but it also means exalted as in resurrected and glorified. How fascinating that exaltation comes through suffering. Just as Jesus said in today's chapter, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So in the quiet this morning, I'm feeling both inspired and challenged. I'm inspired by Jesus' example and his mission. John would also write the book of Revelation in which he is given a glimpse of eternity. He describes people in chapter 5 of Revelation, quote, of every tribe and people and language and nation, end quote, all gathered together to exalt the glorified Christ. Or, as you two describe it, I believe in the kingdom come when all the colors bleed into one. At the same time, I'm challenged to reclaim Jesus' example of crossing any and every social boundary, excluding no one in channeling God's love and to exhort fellow believers in my circles of influence to do the same until together all colors cross over into a new reality and bleed into one. 
Hope you have a great day, my friend. We'll see you back here tomorrow.